Hello and welcome to the Gritty Men Podcast. I am so glad that you're taking time to spend a few minutes with us today. We are here to equip, encourage, and inspire God's men to live God's way for God's glory. And today we are going to learn about one of the critical disciplines of a godly man. Um, I'd also like to invite you to join me in 2023, which this is the very first week of 2023, um, in... uh, three primary disciplines that we're going to focus on is God's gritty men this year. The first one is going to be the spiritual discipline of our life that is growing in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. The second discipline is going to be our physical uh, discipline with our bodies and getting in shape and running and going to the gym and biking and hiking and and rucking and all of those things to stay in good physical shape. And then the third aspect is going to be um, our mental discipline and how do we discipline our minds in this culture and time that we're living in. And all of these three aspects uh, affect one of the other aspects of our life, whether it's the spiritual, the physical, the mental, they're all tied together. And the discipline that we're going to learn about today actually affects all three of those. And um, so if you have your Bibles or you have something handy there that you could take a few notes um, on today, I want to just talk to you about one of the key disciplines. And really, it's a discipline of word talk. And what I'm talking about here is is not um, like self-talk, but actually the word, W-O-R-D. That's the word of God. And it's a discipline that we must have as men. And I want to go to an Old Testament story that probably many of you guys are familiar with. It's the story of, uh, of a great godly man by the name of David in the Old Testament. And this was before David actually became king over Israel. He had already been chosen um, by God to replace King Saul. And David and his men were actually living in exile in foreign country, in fact, the land of the Philistines. And David was um, living there in exile, and the reason he was is because he was running from King Saul, who was trying to take his life. And so David and 600 of his men had left Judah, and they had gone to the land of the Philistines. In fact, they actually settled there in a city by the name of Ziklag. And today we're going to look at... um, uh, what this whole thing really is going on here. And, and one of the disciplines, I just simply have a name for it, and we're going to call it the 30-06 of Ziklag. Now, I know if you're like me and you're a hunter, um, I use a 30-06 for some of the hunts that I do. Um, it's a great round, but I'm not speaking of a 36, 30-06 round necessarily. But I'm wanting to talk more about um, an arrow that you can keep in the quiver of your disciplines. Uh, The quiver of discipline really is kind of how I look at it, but I want to give you uh, one arrow that you can put back in your quiver, because you may not need this today, but you're going to need this. Um, Not a question of if, but when. And this discipline is very, very important for godly men in this time and in in this season of where we are living. We must have this discipline, and you're going to see how come this is very, very important. Now, those of you that archery hunt like I do, I like to archery hunt as well. When I'm shooting a set of arrows, um, it just seems as I shoot those arrows, of course, some of them um, are either, you know, broken or the veins are actually split and tore off. Uh, Some of those arrows are put to the side. But by the time I get done practicing, getting ready for archery season, I'll have a group of arrows that I like to use. And there will be one particular arrow 
that seems to be better than all the rest. In fact, it just seems to fly true. It's well-balanced. Um, and so I will take that particular arrow with its broad head, and then in my quiver, I have a certain way in which I arrange my arrows. And I will take that particular arrow, and I will put it in its selected spot so that whether I'm elk hunting or deer hunting, whatever it might be, bear hunting, whatever the situation would be, when I get ready to harvest an animal, I will always go to that arrow first for that moment when I'm ready to harvest that animal because I have confidence in how that arrow flies. The other ones fly uh, fine. I mean, the pattern you shoot is good, but this arrow in particular, for some reason, just seems to have a sweet flight to it. So that's really what we're going to do today. I'm going to give you an arrow. And on the vein of that arrow, if you want to, just in your own mind, and maybe for fun this year, just write 30-06 on the vein of that arrow. And put it in your quiver, because you're going to need this arrow. And the 30-06 simply comes from a passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel 36. So 30-06 is from the passage in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. And in this section of Scripture here, we're going to find the story of David um, and his men. And they were greatly distressed here. Um, David had gone to uh, join with the Philistine king for war, actually, against the Israelites. So David and his 600 men, they leave Ziklag, and they join the king of the Philistines for battle with the nation of Israel. And the commanders of the Philistine army didn't want David and his men to be a part of this battle because they didn't trust that David would not in turn fight for the Israelites and thus actually become their enemy instead of one who would be fighting with them. And so the king listened to his commanders. He tells David and his 600 men who had already traveled 30 miles, uh, 50 miles, excuse me, in three days just to get there. He tells them that you're not allowed to fight with us. You need to go back to Ziklag, which is the city that David and his wives and the wives and children of these men, they were all living in this city. And so on their way back now from this battle they didn't get to enter into, um, another 50-mile journey, three days now have passed, and they arrive at the city of Ziklag. And when they arrive into the city, they notice the city has been burnt. It's been ravaged. In fact, all of the, the women and all of the children were not killed, but they were actually taken captive. And so this is the picture of what David and his men rode into when they came back to Ziklag, exhausted from their journey, defeated from uh, their opportunity, and they walk into this village, riding into this village, and this is exactly what they, they find the Amalekites had come while they were gone in their absence, and they had burnt the city, taken the women and all the children with them, um, and off they went. David and his men arrive back, and they get to Ziklag. And let me pick this up for you in chapter 30, verse 1. And we'll read through verse 6. <clears throat> now, when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negev and against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire, and their wives and sons and daughters were taken captive. 
Then David and the people who were with him, they raised their voices and they wept until they had no more tears and no more strength. David's two wives also had been taken captive. And David was greatly distressed. For the people, his soldiers, these 600 warriors that had been with David, these men now began to speak among themselves of stoning David because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his own son and daughter. Now, you can imagine the distress of these men. These are mighty warriors. And in their absence of their protection and uh, them guarding over the city and watching over their families, the Amalekites, these enemies had come in and they had taken them captive and off they went. Cities burned and these men come back and they are distraught beyond belief. In fact, they're so distraught that they're even considering killing David, who was their commander, their leader. They were so distressed. And so David joined them in their weeping and in their sorrow and their distress. We're going to have periods of life that we experience some great sorrow and grief. We know that. But David added to that a tremendous amount of distress because now his 600 men who were faithful to him, they're now continuing... They're beginning to speak about stoning David. They're going to take his life. And so these men that he thought were in his corner and were are now actually considering becoming his enemy and destroying him. And so David not only is there with the heavy weight of the fact of what happened in their absence with all the people there under his control and power and his command, but also his own family now had been taken off. And now these men that had served David and followed David faithfully were considering taking his life. And so David now, he was, he was very, very, very um, just weighted down from all of this terrible activity that's going on around him. But the next verse is the 30-06. This is the, the arrow that we as Christian godly men, we have to have this discipline. Because we are going to encounter seasons in our life that there's no one coming to the rescue for us. We're going to be standing alone. And we must get this down. Do not forget this. 30-06, 1 Samuel 30-06. This is so important. This is the discipline. Listen to what David does. Here's the discipline. But David strengthened or encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now, I don't know about you, but this is an incredible strength that David is displaying here, and maturity. David had no one there who would encourage him. No one that was going to offer him the, the help or encouragement or, or come alongside him here. David now is alone. All the other people are kind of even got one thing in common. We're thinking about taking David's life here. David's isolated. He's alone now. But David does something profound here. In fact, it's the opposite of what our flesh would do. Our flesh is going to turn to other things. But this is a man who had a heart after God, as imperfect as he was. David knew something here. This was his discipline. In fact, when you read through the Psalms, what you're reading is David living out this discipline in his life in some of the most difficult and trying areas and seasons that he would ever face in his life. 
But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Not in his own strength. He didn't, strength, he didn't encourage himself with his might or his warring ability or, or, or how great of a commanding leader he was or man he was. In fact, David did the opposite. He, he in humility here, he knows where his strength and the power comes from. And it doesn't come from him. It comes from the Lord God Almighty. And so David does something almost the opposite of what you would think. David uses this 30-06 discipline. This word talk is what we're going to see here. This is what David is doing. Now, as men, there, is gonna, there are going to be many times, guys, in your life when those who were with you are no longer to be found. That's gonna, it's going to happen to you. If it hasn't already, it will happen one day. When some who you thought were with you are actually, occasionally you'll experience this, and this is very painful, they're actually against you. And their real heart and their true nature comes out, but sometimes it takes a very difficult situation for that truth to be revealed. But when it is, it's a lonely place to be. There'll be times when you're overwhelmed. You'll be discouraged. You'll be distraught. You'll feel alone. You'll be angry. You'll be exhausted. You look around and there's no one there to help you. No one is coming. You will find yourself, guys, alone, fighting, standing, and resisting. This is a true reality of what it means to be a godly man living God's way for God's glory. It doesn't mean we don't have difficult things happen in life. In fact, remember, God allows adversity in our life to develop endurance, which is what we call grit. We've got to be gritty men. David is a gritty man. He is a warrior of warriors. And here David is using this incredible discipline of the word talk in his life. When there's no one else to do this, David's not pumping himself up in his good attributes. In, in fact, entirely the opposite. David goes to the source of his strength and his power. The only source. And it is found in no other place than the Lord God Almighty through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's where it is, guys. We are in a great fight. We're in a great conflict. We wrestle, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, not against flesh and blood but against rulers and against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places that not only manifest in the spirit realm, but also in the physical realm, they are manifested through wicked and evil men. So although we're not fighting flesh and blood, flesh and blood can be used by our enemy to actually wreak havoc on situations and things in our life. Wicked, evil men. That's a reality. You're in a fight day in, day out. You fight also for your mind. We, we fight for our marriages. If you're married and you've been married any length of time, you know your responsibility before God. You fight for your marriage, man. You fight for your wife and that relationship and developing that and the discipline of what we do there as the spiritual head and leader of our home. We fight for our children. 
because we have a society that is after our kids. And so we as dads, we are the protective parameter of those things around our children. We are there for that. We're fighting for our kids, man. That's what we're doing. We are in discipline fighting for our kids. Not only do we fight for our children and our marriages, but we are in a constant opposition to the things in this world that are against God in his way. And so we're in a stream, if you will, that flows against us in opposition to the things in which God says we are to stand for as men. So we're fighting against all that as well. And it gets weary from time to time. It just does. That's a reality. Number one, do not go the way of your flesh. David did not go to his flesh. He didn't do that. His flesh would have naturally been what? Fear, run, you know, all those things. Uh, Make excuses, uh, whatever it would be. David didn't go the way of the flesh. He didn't do that. He walked in the spirit of God here is what he did. And he, he practiced a discipline that we must have as Christian men. What you need to do when you find yourself in David's place, in that place of being alone, not knowing what to do, deep discouragement, exhaustion, being weary, tired from the battle, what you need to do at that moment is you need to reach in your quiver of discipline and find that arrow, that one that you have placed in there that is for this very purpose and for this very reason, and it is the 30-06 arrow. It is the the word talk arrow. And this arrow is very important, and you need to pull it out at this time as a discipline, and you need to use this arrow and this discipline in your life. Now, David had no strength in himself, but he knew where his strength and his power came from. Do you know where your strength and your power lies? If you think it lies within yourself, you'll find you'll come to the end of that, and you don't have everything you need. But at that point, when we have our weakest point, that's where God's strength is manifest the most powerfully in our life. That is an incredible truth. Now, this word talk that I'm talking about, guys, we've got to know Scripture. We just have to know Scripture. There's no other way around it. Last time we talked, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, was the scripture that we had to learn. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And we need to have those right here in our Rolodex in our mind because I don't always have my Bible handy. I don't always have someone there that I can ask that question to. When the enemy comes, and sometimes he comes when I'm all alone, sometimes he comes and he invades not only me, but maybe my wife and I at the same time are experiencing some spiritual warfare. So I'm looking to her for maybe some encouragement. She's looking to me for encouragement. I have to stand in that position. And what I need to do is be able to just quickly take this word, discipline, and speak this word into the life in my life. Speak that because it is living, it is alive, it's active. And so this is what David did. Think about this. You read the Psalms. This is exactly what David did. What did he do? He strengthened himself in the Lord God Almighty. How did he do that? Well, the word of God is truth. It is life. It is living. It is powerful. It is eternal. God's word is very, very, very powerful. 
In fact, God spoke and everything came into existence. Simply by his word, he made those things come were not to be. That's how powerful the word of God is. In fact, the word of God will endure forever. And so these are things that we've got to know. Just making sure I'm still recording here. It went off. Okay, so let's, this is find out. This is what David did. Psalm 121, 1 through 2. Listen to these in the Psalms. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? Sometimes there's nobody coming from the, the hill, man. They're just not coming. He says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, the Apostle Paul says this, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so the power of Christ may rest upon me. The discipline of word talk. In Psalm 91, listen to David here as he now speaks this psalm, writes this out. He sings this psalm. There's something about what David is doing. He is stirring up within him the gift, the spirit of God, these truths. He's stirring himself up. He is encouraging himself, not in his power, not in his strength, but in the word of God, in the truth of who God is, in the magnitude, in the might, and the power, and the glory of who God is, and whom he belongs to, and in whose image he's created in, and to the one whom he serves. David is now reminded reminding himself of the greatness of God in spite of the circumstance that he is in. And when he does that, everything changes in the way that David now is able to handle, to move forward, make decisions, and proceed through this very difficult time. The thing never changed. The obstacle that David had in front of him, it didn't change. But David was changed by changing his focus not on the circumstance or the, the, the difficulty or the adversity. David focused on God, who he was, what he does, his power, his might, his truth, his glory, the magnitude of who he is. David focused on those things. This is a discipline, men, that we must have in our lives. We must have it. Here's what he says in Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, listen to these words, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. And from the deadly pestilence, he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. The Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. 
You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. What is David doing? He is doing word talk in his life as he is facing difficult things, adversity, depression, struggles, hardships, difficult decisions. What does David do? He turns to the Lord God where he finds his strength and in whom he gets his power. That's what he's doing. Listen to Psalm 18, 1 through 3. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Can you imagine speaking this in the midst of these adversities? Can you not feel how it stirs you inside? This is truth. This is God. This is the reality of who we are in Christ Jesus. We belong to the King of glory, men. We face adversity. We face difficulty. And I'm telling you, in the days in which we're living in, it is dark. It is hard. And there's never been a time more difficult for you as a young father to raise children, for you as a man to have a pure mind and to stay focused on the things of God and to be upright in a depraved generation. It's never been harder. Never. But guys, listen. Use this discipline. Practice this discipline. Develop this muscle and discipline in your life through training. We're going to train. That's why every week we're going to pick up and learn a new Bible verse. Why? Because the Word is powerful. And in the moment when I need it the most, I reach into my quiver and I pop it out and I use that in order to help me move through this and to be conquerors through these things and victorious in all that is going on. He moves on and says this, You are my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. Psalm 27, 1. Here's David. This is word talk, man. It's the word of God. He's focusing on the the God of all creation here. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 42, 5. I could go on for hours. Why you? Why are you cast down, O my soul? You're going to feel that way, men, from time to time. Some of you men watching this, this is right where you are. You need to use the Word of God to build you up, to strengthen you, and to give you what you need in that moment to be an overcomer. This is the purpose of what God's word will do in our life if we use it as a discipline. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. One of the reasons this is so practically used in our life and it's useful is because Hebrews 4.12 tells us that God's word is living. It is powerful. And we want to use the Word of God in our life to build us up. We need to turn to those things. Pull that 30-06 right out of your quiver, man. And you use it 
to the glory of God. It will change the way you feel in the midst of your circumstance. It will give you clarity of mind. It will affect you spiritually. It will affect you physically. And it will affect you mentally. You're going to get strength physically. You're going to get strength spiritually. And you're going to have strength even mentally as you do this. And you use this discipline. It's very important that we understand this. It will be a great help to you men, I promise you. Romans 15.4 says this, For whatever was written in former days, it was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Oh, this is an awesome verse. This is telling us the very same thing. The, the, the Word of God It's going to help us through the enduring factor as it encourages us, as we share it, as we speak it, as we meditate on it. It will do those things for us as men. Men, we must know the Word of God. We must know it. It is life-giving. It is powerful. It is truth. And it is eternal. And it is alive. We've got to know the Word of God. No question about it. In Ephesians 5, 15 through 20, I'm just about finished, so here we go. This is what the Apostle Paul here is writing to these believers in Ephesus. He said, look carefully how you walk. In other words, be careful how you live, your manner of living. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And this is what fleshly, worldly men do. They don't know to turn to the Word of God, to Christ, who is the Word of God, and they don't understand where they turn because they don't know where the source of strength and power comes from. They don't have that. They turn to the worldly things in order to try to help them navigate these difficult things. And where do, where do many men turn to? Well, they turn to sex, drugs, work, hobbies, you name it. They turn there. And this is what Paul says, don't get drunk With wine, that's the flesh way, the natural way of man when things get tough and difficult. Just go have a few. No, don't have a few. Quote some scripture, build yourself up in the Lord, and get the power that you need in order to be an overcomer through these situations. This is where we want to turn. He says, don't do that, but be filled with the Spirit of God. Addressing one another, here it is, guys, right here, with psalms. What is that? That's what David That's what David wrote. He wrote the Psalms. And with hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart. What is that? That is, that is, (laughs) this is word talk, man. Whether you're singing, whether you're quoting scripture, whatever you're doing, man, it's, it's building you up inside. Your spirit, man, is being strengthened and empowered and encouraged and being built up. And that's what we need to do when we come to these places or seasons in our life. The discipline of the 30-06 will strengthen yourself in the Lord. That is the, the, the whole point of this. The discipline of word talk. W-O-R-D, the word, Christ, the word of God. That's why, guys, every week we're going to learn another, another verse. Why? Because after this year is over, you're going to be physically way more developed 
because we're going to work hard at being physically developed. Number two, you're going to be mentally sharp, strong, and developed. You're going to be disciplined in that, and you're going to be spiritually strong, and you're going to be growing in Christ this year. And we're going to we're going to learn 52 verses this year of Scripture that you can pull out of your quiver when the enemy comes, or the difficult moment arises, or the temptation comes along, or whatever it might be. Discouragement sets in. You're going to have Scripture to do word talk. And you're going to pull this baby out and you're going to use the powerful, living, active word of God and it will build your spirit, man. And you will be an overcomer instead of one who is overcome by these things in your life. Here's our scripture verse for the week. Okay, here it is. You can fill it out in a three by five card. That's what I do. You can stick it on your on the dash of your pickup. I mean, you can put it, you can put it, any, you can put it anywhere. You can put it on your phone with you. Take it to the gym with you. Um, you can just between sets or even while you're lifting or between sets while you're resting, get the three by five card out. Maybe have scripture or whatever. It's on your phone and just memorize it over and over and over and over. And we're going to have a, an incredible armory of scriptures memorized by the end of this year. Here it is. It's out of 1 Corinthians chapter 16, one of my favorite passages as Paul wraps up the letter. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. And you know this is an awesome passage. I love it. And here's what it says. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all you do be done in love. That's the verse that we're going to memorize for this week. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Men, I hope that this will be one discipline that you're able to add to the quiver of disciplines that you have in your life, and you'll be able to pull this baby out when you need it. They'll come right out of your mind. They'll already be there, and you will use these things, and you will be an overcomer in spite of the circumstance that you find yourself in. This is an incredible discipline that we need to be God's men, living God's way for God's glory. And my encouragement to you is continue to develop the grittiness in your life because we are going to have to be gritty men of God in these days. God bless you guys. I will see you again next time on the Gritty Men podcast. Have a great day.